Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, October 2nd, 528 a.m. Central Time. Mixed trade in grain markets this morning. December corn futures up one and a half at 478 and a quarter. November soybeans down eight and a half at 1266 and a half. December Chicago wheat up four and three quarters at 546 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up five at 668 and three quarters. December spring wheat up 12 at 721 and a quarter. We had a USDA report on Friday. Let's start there. So U.S. corn stocks as of September 1st were lower than expected. Total stocks of 1.36 billion bushels were the result of a lighter 2022 U.S. corn crop and a higher old crop feed and residual usage estimate. While the report was friendly compared to expectations, the corn market finished the day lower on Friday. Yeah, it's not the price action that you'd like to see on what was really kind of a friendly report. Uh, Corn futures actually posted kind of a nasty reversal to the downside. So you've got your um, old crop ending stocks number, which in it in your next uh, USDA report, this is you know your your beginning stocks for the current marketing year. It's going to go from 1.452 down to 1.361. So you got a 91 million bushel uh, adjustment lower coming. So that's friendly in nature, all of that. The, the lighter 2022 crop and the bigger thing was the residual number. Um, in terms of, of stocks, uh, one interesting statistic, the percentage of September 1 corn stocks being held on the farm, 44.4% of all September 1 corn stocks still being held on the farm. And uh, that's 605 million bushels on the farm as of September 1st. That's the highest percentage of all stocks being held on the farm since the early 2000s. I think it was 2004 uh, was the last time we had that high of a percentage. So despite the fact that we had a very well-telegraphed um, impending cash market collapse, there was still, I guess, a decent amount of corn still being held on the farm. There's always there's always going to be some still held on the farm, and 605 million bushels is not a huge percentage of uh, last year's crop by any means. But uh, all in all, disappointing price action on really what was kind of a friendly report for corn. Let's jump to soybeans. U.S. soybean stocks as of September 1st were higher than expected. USDA adjusted the 2022 soybean crop lower by 6 million bushels while reducing residual usage by 24 million bushels. The November 23 soybean contract traded its lowest level since late June following the report. The report was bearish. I didn't think it was that bearish, though, and the market acted very poorly, and it's down again this morning. This is a These changes are going to be upsetting to some of you guys, the way that USDA works. So they cut the size of, of the 2022 bean crop, right? But at the same time, they reduced residual usage by 24 million bushels. And what's residual usage? It's like it's basically USDA's like fudge number category. Like if they've got to make a change and they don't know exactly where it came from, uh, that's kind of where they put it. So that's upsetting. So your uh, ending stocks number, old crop ending stocks, they're going to go from 250 up to 268. And that uh, old crop ending stocks, of course, is your new crop beginning stocks. So this number kind of uh, bearish in nature. Uh, we also had some wheat numbers. U.S. wheat production was larger than expected. Estimates for spring wheat, HRW wheat, SRW wheat, and Durham wheat were all above trade estimates. The September 1st all-wheat stocks number was slightly above trade estimates. All three classes of wheat traded on the exchanges posted fresh lows following the report. 
Uh, biggest surprise in the report, bar none, was the spring wheat production number. We've asked you guys up north about spring wheat yields, that sort of thing. Um, spring wheat production came in at 505 million. The trade was looking for 446. So the number was like 50 million bushels above expectations. And I think even the upper end of the range was 470. So that was the the most bearish number in this report was the spring wheat production number. But all your uh, wheat production numbers, your uh, all winter wheat, all wheat, Durham, uh, SRW, HRW, they were all above trade expectations. So wheat futures fell sharply and uh, spring wheat kind of led the way lower on Friday. So if you guys are not subscribed to our premium content, you need to check it out. Joe, can you tell me why it's such a good thing to be a premium subscriber on report day? Uh, report day is a good day to be a subscriber. Um, I blast out a video with kind of the high level stuff, uh, highlights within, I think we had this out within 20 minutes of the release on Friday. And then we have some follow-up of course, in the email the following day, which is what went out this morning. Uh, this video that Paul Neifer did, um, Paul was on, uh, we were both on, on Thursday last week, crop insurance planning and concepts. Uh, we talked about some of the, the tax implications of uh, crop insurance and receiving indemnity payments. Uh, the more important thing was some of the the stuff Paul mentioned in regard to uh, how your business is structured and how business structure can be a huge uh, deal when it comes to crop insurance and a big swing item in terms of like receiving payments. So if you guys are not up to date on your crop insurance stuff, uh, there are some there are some things that Paul mentioned that uh, could. Uh, really be a good deal for you financially. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, sign up today, go to standardgrain.com. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody to try to sell you anything else. It takes like one minute to sign up. You can do it on your phone or computer. Check that out this morning and I'll blast you over this morning's email. It includes the six most recent premium videos and a bunch of other stuff. A U.S. government shutdown was averted over the weekend after Congress Congress passed legislation to fund the government until November 17th. President Joe Biden signed the measure into law late Saturday night. The legislation will allow Congress to negotiate longer-term federal funding. The measure contains $16 billion in disaster relief funds, but does not contain new funding for Ukraine. In the last few weeks, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky met with President Biden to plead for new weapon systems. Republicans and Democrats both maintain that funding for Ukraine will be handled separately. We know from our uh, YouTube and TikTok comments on Friday following that China, Ukraine corn uh, news that the, the Ukraine funding is a huge area of yes. contention. Lots of people have lots of opinions and uh, very strong opinions at that. So the, the Ukraine thing's not over. Biden and McCarthy are, are talking about this on the sidelines the way that it seems. I would almost guarantee that the funding is included uh, by the end of this deal. But uh, in any case, we'll still receive our precious USDA reports on time. So um, uh, crisis averted, I suppose, for the moment. Large money managers have increased their net short, posi short position in the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending September 26th. The funds were net sellers of 17,000 contracts of corn. They were net sellers of 12,000 contracts of soybeans, and the funds were net buyers of 2,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. So as of last Tuesday, the funds were net short 167,000 contracts of corn. That's the largest net short for the funds in corn since August of 2020, when corn was in the threes and not the fours or fives. So I, I mentioned this last week, and we had a similar statistic. Um, I guess it's a positive, you could say, 
that funds have the largest net shorts since August of 20, but futures are like more than a dollar higher. I, I guess that's positive. I don't know. Funds are peeling back length in the soybean market. They're long 26,000, which is a modest net long. And that's a guess sizable net short in SRW wheat. The Mississippi River dropped to a negative reading of 10.62 feet on the Memphis, Tennessee gauge last Thursday. The river's all-time low of negative 10.81 feet was set on October 21st of last year. Since the beginning of September, the river has been closed 22 times for dredging or to remove barges that have run aground. River levels are forecast to stay below the negative 10-foot mark into at least mid-October. Freight costs have reached their highest levels since last year's historic lows. So we're uh, almost 10 feet below normal this morning at Memphis. Maybe we've got a little bit of improvement here in the coming days, but then you're going to see uh, things worsen again. Uh, we had some rain over the weekend up north, uh, Wisconsin-Minnesota border. They caught up to two inches locally, but that was certainly not everywhere, um, kind of scattered amounts. The forecast is not wet for River Valley areas, just uh, scattered stuff the next seven days. And your uh, 6 to 10 and 8 to 14, they doesn't look very good. So I think this river thing is going to con continue to be a big obstacle as it relates to uh, export sales, basis, uh, spreads, you name it. It's, it's just bad all around. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. corn on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 9 million bushels of corn to Mexico for delivery during the current marketing year. During the past two weeks, the U.S. has sold a total of 80 million bushels of corn to Mexico in flash sales. So all the corn, as we mentioned last week, the corn we send to Mexico goes via rail. So I suppose uh, this is all to Mexico's advantage, and, and maybe they'll continue to buy up uh, some uh, now cheaper U.S. corn um, because we can't really ship it anywhere else to any material extent right now. On Sunday, five cargo ships were traveling to Ukrainian Black Sea ports. The ships were using a temporary corridor that was established after the Black Sea grain deal expired. The ships will export 120,000 tons of Ukrainian grain to Africa and Europe. Also on Sunday, three bulk carriers left Ukrainian ports using the same temporary <coughs> corridor. Those ships were transporting 127,000 tons of agricultural products and iron ore. So this stuff's going to Africa and Europe. We talked about the Chinese purchases of Ukrainian corn on Friday. We're still not sure exactly when or how that will be shipped. Maybe they'll use this same temporary corridor. We're not sure about that, but uh, I suppose we'll find out and maybe hear some news uh, down the road. What did cattle do last week? They had one heck of a rough week. Uh, feeder cattle futures closed an average of $6.21 lower week over week on Friday. Live cattle futures closed an average of $3.07 lower week over week on Friday. Cash cattle trade in the north ranged between 184 to 185, which was a buck lower on the week. Cattle, cattle in the south sold at 183. That was steady with last week. Box beef prices declined last week. Choice boxed beef closed Friday at $300 and 78 cents which was down 255 for the week select closed at 276.04 that was down four dollars and 39 cents outside market this morning guys u.s dollar is up uh, stocks are about flat bonds are down a little bit crude oil is up 76 cents in the november wti at 91.55 everybody have a great day we'll talk to you tuesday